The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show seven days a week from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Tommy Dreamer get into AEW Dynamite from last night. And does AEW Dynamite have a heel baby face problem going into 2024? Also, we talked to Trick Williams just before his not one but two big matches at Vengeance Day this Sunday. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Talk about the ranking system in AEW. Are you buying in? Does it excite you? And are you going to get more into who the number one contender is and how much do you think they're going to use the rankings and is AEW going to stick? With the rankings. I'm excited about it. I know Tommy's excited about it. We'll go back out to the nation in just a second. But again, the follow up on Steve's call before the break about the blurred lines in AEW. Another one for me is Swerve. I mean, Tommy, Swerve Strickland is without a doubt one of the most popular wrestlers in AEW, yet he's a heel. You have Swerve, he's a heel. He attacks Hangman Page, Hope Invasion style, for crying out loud. Can't get more heelish than that. But yet, when Swerve comes out, he's coming out with Prince Nana that's doing the most over dance in AEW that everybody's dancing to. Everybody wants the shirt. Everybody's dancing in the crowd. And then Swerve's like, whose house? Swerve's house. It's the most over chant in AEW. But yet he's a heel. So once again, Am I supposed to boo Swerve or cheer for Swerve? And if I'm supposed to boo Swerve, if I'm supposed to boo him, then don't have him come out with Nana and don't have whose house and have the crowd say Swerve's house because you're supposed to be booing him. Ah! The same could be said about Samoa Joe. Here's uh, what you do if you sit back and you look at the current success that the WWE is doing like monster business. There was one anomaly to this thing of heel and baby faces. And that was John Cena. You have to pick the one, but they always put John Cena in those baby face situations, no matter what. And he addressed his haters. And it also like, for a while, it became a cool thing just to hate on John Cena. 
Yeah. We saw it at the Royal Rumble. It was, I saw it live. We're so happy he's back. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to not. It's because other people don't like him. Whatever. We appreciated John Cena more once he became the U.S. champ and that challenge thing. And we appreciate John Cena because we realize we're not going to have John Cena much more. But what WWE usually does, and you look at it, you know, like I said this before, WWE has gotten the brand over as well as they've gotten, they've built superstars. I look at it where, how did I get MJF to where he was? But even MJF became a straight up babyface. He could be that anomaly. How did I get the acclaimed over to the point of where they were? Because at one point they were the hottest act in the industry. Yes. How do I do it like that? Because you look at the industry is fueled, and I know Bubba says it's heels. It's not. It's baby faces. You buy their merchandise. You do all that stuff. Um, you pay to see the good guys. You also pay to see the bad guys get their asses kicked. If you like the bad guys, fine, but then they're not doing their jobs to be the villains. Um, how did I get to... I think also in WWE, if I would have had this anomaly, it would have been CM Punk. You'll have your CM Punk people, and you'll, but that's always been CM Punk. So I've named two out of every wrestler. So who's going to be my anomaly? And then who is going to be, like, if they're going to be heels, they're going to be heels. If it's going to be John Moxley, he's going to choke people out. He's going to do things that make people boo him. We take away his entrance. We take away all that stuff to make him a bigger face when he returns. Same with Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson could get anybody over heel or baby face, but you have to put him in those positions. And then you'll have your clear defiance of Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston, pure baby face. Keep putting him in those roles because he's beloved and you have to ride it. If Eddie was to turn heel, it better be on somebody that the fans loved and then give me one hell of a reason why. And then you have your definitive good and evil. Your, everything goes up from there. Tweeners are, again, I've listed a few total anomalies, but John Cena was always booked to be the good guy, and he was the only one who continued on that path. When they started booing Hulk Hogan, what did they do? He turned heel. When he started, they started booing him. WWE let him go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because uh, they, they had Austin. the ultimate warrior who was more over than Hogan was at that time. Steve Austin. Steve Austin was the rattlesnake. He was uh, an ass kicker. Didn't really change his style. But everybody he fought was bad. Um, I'm just another person who could turn at any point because he's the um, the Viper, Randy Orton. But right now, we are loving Randy Orton. We are loving L.A. Knight. Um, when all you have all these guys doing what they're doing, like we want to see the arcade, you put them against the bad guys. And that's why WWE is doing that business uh, with ticket sales, with merchandise, and with getting their content paid for for a lot of money. And that's the 
direction you want to go if you're looking at the industry in, in itself, if I'm looking at it from a different set of eyes. If I'm standing on my mountaintop and I'm looking at the fields, I know what AEW has to offer. I know what WWE has to offer. I know what TNA has to offer. The Busted Open Podcast is now available on YouTube. This is Dave LaGreca, host of Busted Open, the number one pro wrestling show on the planet. You can now watch and listen to the award-winning Busted Open Podcast every single day on YouTube. Our best interviews, behind-the-scenes access, and some of our best content from the past, all available right now when you go to youtube.com slash at Busted Open Podcast. Subscribe right now. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked, from family farms and cold press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. In AEW right now, who are your top baby faces? Don't need to name them all, but who are your top baby faces and your top heels? Clear cut baby faces? Yes. I would say Adam Copeland. Yes. I would say he's Orange Cassidy. Mm -hmm. The acclaimed. FTR, clean-cut baby faces. Yeah, and by clean-cut, I, I mean definitive. I know I'm cheering for them every time they come out. Yeah. 
I mean, Jake. for me, as, as far as singles wrestlers, it's Orange Cassidy and Adam Copeland, as you just said. Mm-hmm. Sting, but Sting's about to retire. Uh, as far as, you know, heels, it's Christian Cage. Yep. Um, on the women's side, it's a little bit more defined on the women's side. You have Thunder Rosa, obviously a big baby face. I, actually, it's not defined because now I'm struggling. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, heels, there's plenty of them, but yet some of them are over like a sky blue. Uh, it's It, it really is tough. I mean, Deanna Perrazzo, but as I said, Deanna Perrazzo's shooing away fans as she's entering the ring, and she's going up against Tony Storm, and even though Tony Storm is a heel, the fans love her. You know, Willow Nightingale, babyface, but she's more with Ring of Honor. It's really, it's, when, it's a very, it's it's a tough one. When they burst upon the scene, Soraya, Ruby, Soho, Ruby Soho's heel turn. A beloved baby face turned heel, hung out with mean girls. She was a heel. Now she's a baby face. There's a lot a of that. That's why I said you she's need. Think. Honestly, Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn, baby face. Yes. He claimed baby faces. They're cool. How did they turn? They got over with their hard work. They got over with their, they were always heels. They were a comedy act. Their rap was cool. That got part of the shtick and then scissoring. And it just became different. I I look at when AEW was at its biggest, right, Tommy? When they were at its biggest just a couple of years ago. Eddie Kingston, babyface. Eddie Kingston's a babyface. Though we, we need to see more of Eddie Kingston. Um MJF was your top heel. Boom. I mean, we were even saying on this show. When you talked about heels in pro wrestling, there was no bigger heel in all of pro wrestling than MJF. Would you agree with that? Correct. But they turned him babyface. Then you mentioned the acclaimed. The acclaimed, I agree, over. Everybody's waiting for that moment for them to win the tag team championships. When they won the tag team championships, it was explosive. And everybody was into it. Everybody was scissoring. There were scissor shirts everywhere. Then they lose, and now they're the trios champions. Doesn't have the same cachet. And I just feel like they've never been able to get to where they were a couple of years ago. John Moxley was a baby face. Everybody loved Moxley. Now he's a heel. Brian Danielson, beloved. One of the most beloved wrestlers in the last 15 years. He's a heel, I guess, because he's in the Blackpool Combat Club. I, I I really have a tough time, and I think it's the biggest obstacle, Tommy, that AEW has is to find baby faces and heels because I really don't know. Outside of, like, Christian Cage, defined heel. I hate Christian Cage. Every time Christian Cage comes out, He's getting booed. Adam Copeland, every time he comes out, he's getting all cheers. I would think the next biggest baby face after Adam Copeland is probably Swerve. And he's a heel. John Callis, heel. Yeah, but he's not a wrestler. I hear you. Nick Wayne, heel. By association. 
Uh, yeah, guilt by it's guilt by association. There's no doubt about it. And he'll learn how to be a better heel by hanging out with Christian. True. But I think we need more of that. Again, you could have the the rankings and you could have a heel versus heel and a babyface versus babyface from time to time because they are the number one contenders. But I think AE, if I had to say what's AEW's biggest struggle right now to attract more fans and to get where they were, where they were selling out arenas, Tommy, I think it's getting back to the defined baby faces and heels. I think that's the biggest problem that AEW is struggling with right now. And, and Tommy, it's an easy solution. It's easily fixed. Like I know like bully, he gets on like the refereeing and the officiating. I don't think, listen, that's, that's small problems that are easily fixable as well. But I don't think that's an overall big problem that you could point at and saying, all right, why are they struggling? I think the baby faces and heels is definitely something that the that AEW is struggling with, and I really feel like that's easily fixed. Big time. Uh, the Young Bucks coming back, definitive heels. Yes. And their character work have totally, completely changed to how they were. And, if, you know, you're going back from the originals to when Kenny Omega, who was the best wrestler in the world, when he was a heel, he was being a heel. When he was a baby face, he was being a baby face. Um. Uh. Yeah. There's. There's a few. Um. Would I you hope, turn uh, Swerve if you were Tony Khan, Tommy? Would you turn Swerve babyface, knowing how much your fan base loves Swerve? I would flip it, Steve Austin, Bret Hart style, Hangman Page, full blown heel, Swerve, full blown babyface, and embrace it, and just put him in the ring against other heels, Swerve. And make Hangman Page, if he suffers this loss, like kind of what they've done with Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre has all the tools to be the top guy. He's not the champion. So what fuels him? I need this title. That shows insecurity. Now he's being a little bit more sadistic. Oh, shit. I'm not going to mess with this big guy. Don't know if you're looking at what he does on, on TikTok or what he did on Instagram. I mean, he is so laying into this heel character. Uh, he he went into his home gym, uh, and he goes, time to tear up my tries, and he did start doing triceps, uh, working out. Brilliant. Um, you need stuff like that because I feel like, like you said, you're, people will pay to see these people and pay to see them. Like Swerve, I would embrace just being a straight up baby face. You look at the match last night that he had. Yes, he's a heel. Uh, he's a heel that people cheer. Who did he wrestle? A guy who they're just going to cheer no matter what. Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Yep. If it was somebody they're going to boo, like you tell Bully to go out there be a heel, he's going to be a heel. Rhino can turn in a heartbeat from heel or baby face, but then everything that you do to set up Rhino to be a heel, he will just continue to be a heel. And that, you know, that's, and there's a big also reason, I mean, TNA's business is doing so, so well right now because definitive heels and baby faces. Yeah. I think it definitely helps on that topic. Let's go to Ryan in Brooklyn. Ryan, what do you think about this discussion? Heel and baby face in AEW. 
You guys are 100% right, and I got a couple of things to say, right? Don Callis is a huge heel, but like you said, he's a manager. And then you have the guy take a shitter, and unfortunately with him is the crowd hates him when he talks, but then he gets in the ring and half the crowd's cheering him, and half the crowd's booing him. I think there's a problem with demographic, right? Unfortunately, AEW, I guess you say, is a smarter, more adult-like. I shouldn't say smarter. More adult-like fans, right? They, they cheer you when you perform good. Then you go to the WWE, and you have some significant heels there, like Dirty Dom and all those guys, just because I believe they cater to that 14 and younger audience. So you have guys like my friends who, who cheer supposedly the bad guys. Like Moxley's supposed to be a bad guy. guy goes all the time, so it's kind of like Stone Coldish. But they cheer him, and they love him. And I feel that it's because of the moves that they do. They appreciate the athleticism a little bit more, those fans, because they're the older base fans than the younger ones. Yeah, and, I, and Ryan, I think you make a really good point. I think because it's really like the hardcore wrestling fan, Tommy, you're catering, catering again to that vocal minority. You can't cater to the vocal minority. It's like, you know, the people on social media and everything we talked about, Bully and I, on the show yesterday where, you know, I think Bully finally realized that all those loudmouths on social media is just a very small portion of the audience. And now we're going to see Bully getting away from catering to the social media as much because I think he realized that, hey, that's a very, very small uh, vocal minority. You can't cater to the vocal minority. You have to really look at the big picture and what's going to bring in more fans and what's going to fill in seats and what's going to get more people to tune into your product. Because if you cater to the vocal minority, you're just going to stick to that very hardcore fan base and you're not going to grow. And I, I feel like AEW does that a lot where they're catering to just the people that are in the audience. And you can't do that. Yeah, I mean... Like, but, and here's like the other part, like I said about like our truth, they cater to it and everybody gets it. If you looked at like a last night segment between the uh, acclaimed and the gun club, that was a fun segment with really no purpose, but the audience understands it. And I'm going to like push this group to the moon but then now i need six badass baby faces to ruin this group who are those six yeah it's not if it's going to be taven bennett wardlow roddy i need one other person in there um they're about the only bigger heel faction but that is another over group that will get over over with a lot of, but there's a lot of moving parts in that. So then how do I get that over where, like, where are your four horsemen to come in and break somebody's arm? Where, who is that group that's going to rise? And then you think about when you do groups or you rely on factions, who is going to be the, the catalyst for them. And then also remember, they're going to start to get over. Because if you put a dominant group out there, eventually, unless they if they start doing cool things, I mean, again, back in the day, the they started cheering the horsemen until they faced different people. 
but they did every they broke Dusty Rhodes's arm, they broke Ricky Morton's nose, they attacked people in like as a gang as opposed to like hey, we get all the girls, we have all the women and you people like us cuz we go out there and we're the best wrestlers that you have. Then cuz people are like, "Oh, they're kind of right." Yeah. That segment last night, that would is that's the perfect segment for a house show or a segment, you know, before Dynamite begins to get the crowd having fun to get the crowd excited on TV. Unless there was a purpose, unless something happened at the end of that segment, I, I don't understand why you would have that segment on TV. This is no disrespect to to the acclaimed. Claim the acclaimed are over, but th- that that segment on TV was just like what? what what's going on here? You know, it, I disagree. It, okay, I, can I tell you why? Please go ahead. It set up why they were there. Yes, it was an entertaining thing. I would love to see them do it again. And then, like I said, get their asses handed to them. And if you're going to have, if you need to establish heels, here's your chance to do it and beat the living crap out of these guys. Um, I understand it. And like I said, I get it. If you think about like with this whole R-Truth thing, you know, they set our truth up. Uh, Damien Priest set him up. Hey, I like you both. That's why I'm not going to do it. Somebody else is. And instant booze. If you're going to ruin that party, the scissoring gun party, but you need some dominant people, not just a couple of people who are thrown together or, you know, the CMLL, CMLL, after the match, they jump John Moxley. I need a little bit more with, you know, story, why? And then, okay, so I'm supposed to not like this new people that I'm told are really good and there's these, we're proud to have these new guys in there and then they immediately turn heel. So it's like, okay, but they're beating somebody we like or not like. It's confusing. It is very confusing. There's no doubt about it. And we've seen Brian Danielson, who's in a heel faction, shake hands with wrestlers after matches showing respect. So, how am I supposed to boo that guy? And then I'm like, all right, maybe the Blackpool Combat Club is a babyface faction now. But then Yuda, I see Yuda, you know, ripping the town apart when he's on the microphone. And he's part of the Blackpool Combat Club. So I'm like, all right, what, what, what's going on here? I'm completely confused. And that segment last night with the acclaimed and Jay White and the gun club, I was very confused by that segment last night because, again, why Why now is Jay White a baby face? Why is Jay White a baby face now? Why? Because a faction of your audience likes Jay White? Well, I well, like where they're going with Jay White because, like I said, they're started to cheer for him. He was He didn't make it to the promised land as a heel. You turn him baby face and you see this new direction, and they started like that. Their entrance is cool. You add all these these people together. I do think it's a cool group, but they now need some really badass men to come in and lay them out. Like I said, I did not mind that segment. It was a fun segment. It was a breathable segment as well as I think kind of like what happened with Deanna and Tony storm last week. It's the beginning of some sort of story. All right. Well, I mean, so for the trios champions, the Bullet Club Gold is the number one contender for the trios champions, but now they're friends. So I, I guess at some point Bullet Club is going to 
is going to, I guess, have Gun to club. face the acclaim. So that could be the turn again for Bullet Club Gold after now just changing to babyface. They turned heel again. I don't, I don't know where they're going, but maybe it's a lure just to, hey, I like you, like you until I don't. Uh, and I'm just going by the, the contenders. The Hardys and Mark Briscoe. The, they're, they're number two contenders. Mark Briscoe, clear-cut babyface, underrated babyface, star yes. in the making. But now he's with the Hardys, and it looks like Jeff Hardy is having a heel turn. So that's a little bit confusing. Uh, the Dark Order? No. Next. Uh, FTR and Daniel Garcia. FTR's baby faces. Garrett Garcia, I think, turned. They like his grooving hips. <laughs> that makes you a baby face. If they like your hips, that makes you a baby face. All right. House of his Black. Don't lie. House of Black. There you go. House of Black could come in and spoil the party. House of Black comes down. Malachi Black goes into the ring and tears up all their card to uh, their uh, their cardboard toys. Goes in there, tears up all the cardboard uh, cardboard toys, and now shit hits the fan. The AEW fan base is very angry because they love those cardboard toys. Now the House of Black tore them up. So there you go. Shit goes on, man. Shit's on now. I liked uh, I liked the cardboard. They threw out the one, and the yeah, other one was more over. They didn't want the Jay White one. That's old. Uh, it's now the juice cardboard guy is over now with the fans. By the I way, some uh, scissoring to cleanse my palate that you keep throwing at me here, David. Yo, what's going on? This is Bully Ray from Busted Open on Sirius XM's Fight Nation. For 15 years, we've brought you the best pro wrestling talk on the planet. And now, we're bringing you even more. Yo, guys, welcome to Busted Open After Dark. Every Wednesday night, as soon as AEW Dynamite ends, I'm bringing you instant reactions with the Busted Open Nation. The only place to party on Wednesday nights is Busted Open After Dark. With me, Uncle Bully. Download it on Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. 2023 was great for this man, but 2024 is going to be even bigger. And we bring in Trick Williams. Trick, how are you? And thank you so much for the time. What's going on? What's going on? Happy to be here, man. Thank you for having me. What up, Trick? Dave, three weeks in a row, I'm hanging out with Trick Williams. I mean, who's better? I feel like I'm part of the NXT. Is there any room for a 52-year-old rookie in the NXT roster? There's room for you, for sure. Well, that's awesome. Uh, this weekend, big stuff happening. You and Carmelo, man. We talk about long-term. You guys have been friends. Uh, we've seen Carmelo jump across with SmackDown. He's been on Raw, but SmackDown, he's really starting to cut his teeth. How I heard it. I was in Tampa on the ground. How insane of a feeling it was for you when you hit that ring and you have that sold-out crowd just chanting whoop that trick. Man, honestly, man, it's a dream come true. I think that's the feeling that every wrestler wants to feel, you know, running out when you hear your music being played. So, uh, man, beyond my imagination, like you can't, you know, who who thinks their first debut is going to sound like that? So I'm grateful for it. So, like, it what awesome. goes on in your head? Like, because you got, I mean, he, he, you have a lot of business to do. So you're not even at that point where you're getting in the ring. 
the crowds behind you, they're chanting for you. Now you've experienced that before. You experienced it at the performance center. You know, you experienced it uh, at deadline in an arena full of people. But this is like this is a stadium where the sounds on a completely different level. So like, are you nervous? Like, I, I, like what's going through your mind as you're going down that entrance? I tell you, I need to get Wall in theory off my boy. I mean, we got the Dusty Classic coming up, and you know they're jumping my man's. We got a match on Tuesday versus a very formidable opponent in LWO. So, you know, the only thing going through my mind is, hey, get off of Carmelo Hayes. <laughs> You're lucky that your name is Trick because, like, for me, when I go out, they chant ECW, but my name is Tom. They're not really chanting for me; they're chanting for ECW. <laughs> for you, they're chanting for uh, Trick, which is again awesome. And and you guys have been crushing it in the dusty classic, but you also, I mean, Hey man, there's still for what Dave, almost eight, nine months of a little bit of a, uh, there's been deception. There's been people uh, talking. There's video footage of a lot of things who jumped you uh, dragon off is in the mix. I loved what you guys just did on Tuesday where he was kind of planting the seeds of doubt. And then yep. you fired back. And you're like, you know, uh, I loved all that, but I mean, is this, are we going to finally get this resolved or are you just going to win the, you're going to win every title and just keep on being on top? I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the story that we've been telling. I mean, the trick mellow game. I mean, our chemistry is second to none. You know, we've been rocking for a very long time now. We locked in for the dusty classic. I'm locked in for this match of dragon off. You know, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to take care of business. And and I feel like what we're going to see on Sunday, you definitely have the advantage because you look at, you know, you look at what's been going on and how you've been able to remain focused during this entire time. You know, going up against an Ilya Dragunov, teaming with the Carmelo Hayes, like this is there's a lot on your plate. So how do you stay so focused like you are? Man, honestly, I think having a good support system around me, you know, my boy Carmelo Hayes, man, like he really has come through. Man, I like to say, man, you know, our, you know, our partnership, man, we're going to go down as one of the best duos in NXT history. And that's no disrespect to any of the forefathers before us. Not, you know, I have nothing but love for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, for Ciampa and Gargano. But what, what me and Melo have is very special. And that gives me confidence knowing, hey, I'm going to war with my boy. And afterwards, you know, he's going to be right there. He's going to be able to support me as I go get my NXT championship. All right. Hang on, Trick. I Listen, first of all, you're, I think you're at a disadvantage because you're going to be taking on Baron Corbin and That's Braun right. Breaker, two right. of the best athletes. Whoa, in- whoa I got to jump in, Tommy. I got to okay. jump in. Because Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker, they just got together, man. Like they just started teaming up Thank together. You. They're Thank great. You. They're great on their own. But man, when it comes to chemistry, advantage Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. So, like, I understand what you're saying because Trick is doing double duty, and that's very, very difficult to do. But I feel like the chemistry between those two, to me, that's an extreme advantage going into what we're going to see on Sunday. But please continue, Tommy. Well, I totally disagree because he has to get into that ring. He's going to be tired, uh, even though his cardiovascular, his, he's in the best shape since I've seen him, uh, and his in-ring is on point. He's what we say in his prime. 
Um, and then he's facing Dragonoff, who's one of the best wrestlers, uh, who's been. Also All right, let me jump in. Let me just let me just jump in for another second. Let me just jump in once again. Trick Williams has the advantage. Ilya is just coming off of an injury, man. You know, he's just coming. You've done off your of research. You know, you've you done know how, You know how difficult it is <laughs> to now have to come back from an injury. So once again, advantage Trick Williams. But please continue, Tommy. And. The three tag teams that he named uh, all turned on each other. <laughs> there you go. Hey, but that's watch what makes me and Mello so who's never turned on anybody. Watch your back. Hey, that's what makes me and Mello so special. That can't happen, man. Because I hope not. I love Mello. I love you too. I don't want to so- see it happen. Hey, and I love the way you broke it down. You, you definitely did your research. I love. I mean, look. Baron Corbin is nothing short of the man. Like we know his resume. Yes. You know, he he was the last one to pin Kurt Angle, if I'm not mistaken, in WWE. You know, he's yep. the last one to pin Roman Reigns, if I'm not mistaken. In yes. WWE. He's six foot seven. He's a golden glove champion. He is a jujitsu black belt. He he has all the things going for him. And Braun Breaker is a genetic freak, as we all know. But they can't determine if they are a wolf or a dog. They're not on the same page. Trick right. Mellow Gang is a unit. We are on the same page, and that's what sets us apart. All right. So when you I look don't at the uh, re- listen, I watch the show every week. I love the show. I don't. I know that you're saying you're on the same page, but there has been plausible deniability across the board. Man, Tommy, I'm I'm pretty sure you have a lot of friends. You a lot of ECW friends. I'm sure back in the locker room when you were there. Yeah. Did you all get along all the time? No. There's plenty of times that you might have, hey, I do not like the way Mick Foley handled this. But at the end of the day, that's still my boy. And that's what he turned on me. He turned on me and then he (laughs) stuck a sock in my wife's mouth. (laughs) Hey, but that's part of the journey, though. You know what I mean? Like, and and we're gonna have disagreements. I mean, I'm not gonna deny it. There's definitely plausible deniability. Me and Melo, we ain't seen eye to eye every single day. But at the same time, I don't want a friendship where we see eye to eye all the time. Isn't that kind of funny? You I get agree on everything. Like, you know, that's not real I, life. Yeah, but that's Trick, called bully dreamer, by the way. Yeah, exactly. And it still goes on today. But, but Trick, let me ask you this because, you know, at first, Carmelo Hayes was the top guy. Then you guys, you know, being a friend, having this chemistry together, those roles have changed. You know, Trick, you to me is the right now the top guy in NXT. Do you feel like Carmel Hayes is okay with that role? Like when you look at both of you together, do you still look at yourselves as equals or trick? There's always got to be a top dog. Do you look at it right now? It's like, Hey, if I got those tag, if I now are have a number one contendership for the tag team titles. And if you have the NXT championship around your waist, is Carmelo going to be okay with that? Is he enough of a brother and a supporter of you and a friend to support you if you have that world championship around your waist? You know, that's a great question. And I would like to think so. I hope so. You know, I dedicated two years, nearly two years making sure that Carmelo Hayes was on top of his game. Yeah, we talking about interests. We talking about training. We talking about support. We talking about the locker room. Everything. 
And, you know, at that point in my career, I made sure that Carmelo Hayes looked like the star that he is. You know, in this moment where I'm getting my NSC championship, my first title shot for this title, you know, I hope he can be there to support me as well. Uh, let me ask you this. In the history of the WWE, when you were the world champion, you could not hold the tag titles uh, that happened with um, Bruno and Pedro and Bruno. I'm sorry, Bob Backlund and Pedro and Bob Backlund and Bruno. They won the tag titles. They had to give up because uh, they both had Bruno had commitments as the world champion. Couldn't mm -hmm. defend both. If you win both championships, will you be a, a dual champion and defend those titles on the same way. I, I asked Gunther the same question and he said if when he wins the Royal Rumble uh, or if he beats Seth, he's going to defend both the Intercontinental title and the world title. Would you do the same? Absolutely. Nice. I'm a, yeah, I'm a fighting champion. You know, that's what it's all about. Show the people I ain't scared. Well, I want you to win anyway, but I just also want to watch your back. <laughs> Well, that's but that's interesting because you were just talking about Ilya Drag. You talked about Ilya Dragunov yesterday over the phone. Um, I you did have not. Been, yes, you did. But you have been an, an, <laughs> You have been uh, an NXT North American Championship. You've had, yes, I have. but you've never had the big prize. If you're able to do this, and again, this is you know this is going to be an arena. This is outside the Performance Center. What is that going to mean for you personally and professionally? Man, I think that's just a testament to the hard work that I've been able to put in. You know, first of all, thanks God, you know, for this opportunity. But man, I hope I hope when it's all said and done, people realize I really do love this game that we play. And uh, you know, and that's that's why I want to go down as one of the best to do it. You know, because I'm willing to put the work in. So that means everything to me. I need this title. I love it. Let me ask you this. You got both championships and because you just were on SmackDown, you get this amazing ovation. And now you got to go work on SmackDown as well. Absolutely. I'm defending. I'm defending that NXT championship on SmackDown. Tuesdays, Fridays. That's that's how it's supposed to be. I love it. Give me the Dominic Mysterio uh, schedule. There you go. Hey, you know what? <laughs> He was Love on it. Raw, NXT, and SmackDown all in the same week. Who's to all say invented all in the same yes. week? Yes. Who's to yep. say Trick Williams can't do the same thing? Yep. I, and I, was in that, I was in that Tuesday main event when he brought the whole Judgment Day, you know, and cheated and took that North American Championship back from me. That was that was crazy, but that was that week. I know you got a lot on your plate, but I'm kind of also looking into the future. I know your goals because you're telling them, is there one person that you said, man, I really want to get in the ring with this person? Well, there's two. Uh, one you already named, which is Gunter. Man, I feel like he is the ring general. I would love to have that moment. And ultimately, man, the head of the table, he's the head of our brand. And I want to look him eye to eye and know that I've arrived. Oh, shit. Okay, but by the time that happens, uh, Cody Rhodes will be the world champion at uh, <laughs> 40. We all know that. Um, Very biased trick. I hope you realize it. And Robins, dude, that whole bloodline is crumbling. Cody Rhodes is going to take on Roman, 
at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia, and he's going to be the new head of the table. But that's a discussion for another day, Trick, and that doesn't, you know, you don't have to worry about that right now. February of 2021, Trick, you signed your first contract with the WWE. Here we are now, the first day of February of 2024. Just talk about this three-year journey with the WWE. Man, I didn't even realize it was three years until you just said that. But wow, man, like I remember stepping in, not knowing much about what this business was even about, you know. And, you know, I hate to say that because so many people have worked so hard to get, you know, into these, you know, into the WWE. And I worked hard, but in a different way. And um, saying all that to say, to see my growth from when I first stepped in to now, man, is is unbelievable. You know, the respect I have for everybody who who worked before me and uh, everybody who helped me every single day, man. Shout out to Terry Taylor. Uh, shout out to Shawn Michaels. Shout out to Booker T, man. They really, you know, uh, everything you see in me is a lot of people hard work contributing. So I appreciate all of that. You know, Trick, it's funny. We just had uh, WWE Hall of Famer Ted DiBiase on and he gave uh-huh. a shout out to Terry Funk, Dick Murdoch and Carl Cox to all help him when he was starting out and look at the career that he had and kind of, you know, projection for the career that we're all hoping that you have too. So it's really, really cool that that's uh, part of the system because you named really great athletes who played the game and are also given back to the industry. So that's very, very commendable and very, very cool. Honestly, back-to-back interviews. It's, it's cool to hear that because when I was down there in Tampa, I was like, man, this is a whole new system. I got to, interview a lot of talent that I only, you know, have spoken through, through zoom, but got to meet them and just, it's a different mentality, especially when they all came through NXT of mm-hmm. winning, being the best, uh, being competitive, but also representing the brand of WWE and understanding like what that means when you're the champion and everyone like told their stories, but it was also, it was almost team goal orientated as well as like, but I want to be the best. Absolutely. That's what they teach every day down there. It's a very, very cool. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Ego is a big part of sports entertainment and pro wrestling. You know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, good, bad, or indifferent. He has an ego. And I think a lot of, I'm sure you have an ego. Everybody has an ego. You are good friends with Carmelo Hayes. Yes. But you're going after that NXT championship. If that NXT championship and winning that NXT championship caused your friendship to end with Carmelo Hayes, what's is more important to you? The friendship with Carmelo or that NXT championship? Oh, that's a question right there. You know, I would like to say if Carmelo Hayes, which I do believe is my boy, is my friend. That won't even be a situation. If if that is my friend, then he should understand that, hey, my moment with this title is my moment with the title. And if he wants a, a match for the title, hey, may the best man win. That's what it's all about. But if me having the title, you know, angers him that much, then that ain't my boy. And, you know, that fixes that problem right there. I love it. I love it, Tommy. Truth yeah. and honesty. Yeah, I just, I worry. As a baby face who's been turned on by everybody, and I've never turned on anybody. <laughs> <I keep worrying. laughs> All right. 
All right. So I, I Tommy brings up another good scenario. Well, here, listen to this scenario that I'm okay. thinking in my head. Carmelo. We do the big reveal that maybe it was Carmelo that attacks him. They win the tag titles, and then he screws over Trick for the world title. Then he bolts to SmackDown. You only got to see the guy once, but you're the tag team champions. Like, think of that. Like, that's some heavy stuff. I can't beat the guy who just turned on me, and I got to defend the titles. Partnership that doesn't get along. I had a tag with Raven all the time. I hated it. <laughs> Impossible. There's there's no way Carmelo was stabbed right. in the back. I love it. Okay, he's not gonna do so. So if on Sunday on Vengeance Day, during your match with Ilya Dragunov, you see Carmelo Hayes in the corner of your eye, are you thinking he's cost you matches already? Wait, hold, hold, I, I get it. So, but Tommy's there's plausible right. deniability. Tommy's right. Tommy's right. So if you see him in the corner of your eye, trick, are you thinking? All right, here comes my friend to help support me, or are you thinking here comes Carmelo Hayes? former champion that's going to interfere in my match oh no no if anything i want him with me the whole the whole time see tommy's so, got nothing to worry tommy you're worried tommy you're worrying over nothing they're nothing. friends yeah. you got yeah, nothing yeah. to worry about tommy i think i just got ptsd <laughs> from literally i cleared the ring mick foley you're good he kicks me he kicks me low and ddt's me what and now I'm knocked out, and now he's ta- he's feuding with, uh, with me, and he's t- joined Raven. These yeah. things have happened to me all the time. Trick, take that out of your head. You don't need that negativity going into Sunday. Yeah, I want him to win. Good. I want him to be a dual champion. I, I get it. Just we got a lot of common, Tommy. Because then he's going to get me a job as a 52-year-old rookie. I love it. I'll be <laughs> ropes, tackle drop-down, vomiting all over the PC. All I love right. it. All right. Oh, good luck. Good luck on Sunday. Good luck in the match with Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. I want to see you be the number one contenders for those tag team titles. And good luck against Ilya Dragunov as well. I want to see that NXT championship around your waist. Listen, I think it's going to happen. I'm making my prediction right now. You're going to win that championship, okay? And you're going to represent the NXT brand across the board. On all the brands, because you're a champion. Trick, thank you so much for the time. Can't wait to watch Vengeance Day on Peacock on Sunday. Thanks for the time, Trick. David, Tom, thank you all for having me. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.